places. Everyone. We're now broadcasting. Roll the tape in. Three, two. A new audio drama. Appaloosa Radio is where stories come alive. Radio offers on the Express Bus 73A a multi episode original story. Many contemporary high tech employees ride Express commuter buses daily to and from their work. Mr. Larry J. Connors is just one of the many. Larry is a numbers guy, a veritable filing cabinet for numbers whose speciality is making fiscal projections, doing benefit analysis, and generating cost-to-price determinations. Unfortunately, Larry is also a quasi-social isolate who stares at his own shoes to avoid eye contact with others. As our story begins, Larry's personal life has been reduced to doing his laundry, playing with his dog, and watching old, classic movies on television. One morning, when he boards his usual commuter bus, everything changes. He is no longer who he is. He is now living another's life and he is a stranger in his own body. Chapter 11 I Never Knew Charles Happened on Saturday morning. Everything was going really good. I fixed my kids' pancakes and special Mexican hot chocolate. The television was on in the background. The news. Y remember laughing. But then the fear came. It ran through my body. Everywhere. Toast to head. 
I was checking in fair. I spilled the hot chocolate. It was like swallowing something, but it gets stuck. Fair. Fair choking me. Fair. Can't breathe. The news was saying that there was a murder. A murder at a liquor store. Third murder this month. Ten. 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 I saw the number of the store. It was easy ideas. Saturday morning while we were fixing pancakes and Mexican chocolate. Abruptly, I felt it. The fear coursed through her body. It was like swallowing something, but it gets stuck. You couldn't get it down. You're choking, it won't go down, it won't come up. The television news was broadcasting a murder scene. A murder at a convenience store, the reporter said that it was the third murder in a month. Then, the television camera panned to the name of the store. It was easy hands. God for his mercy. Podría haber sido yo. Si hubiera ido a trabajar como estaba programado, me habrían matado durante la túnica. Gracias a Dios. Thanks be to God for his mercy. My children will continue to have a mother. Gracias a Dios Todopoderoso. Podría haber sido yo. My god, that's the store I work at, Lupe screamed. Oh my god, that's the store I work at. That scream echoed in Larry's brain. That scream echoed in Larry's brain. That scream echoed in Larry's brain. security area. No visitors allowed beyond this point. All employees must patch in. Entering security area. Entering security area. All employees must patch in. Larry J. Connors. Fiscal Projections Division. 17th floor. Is cleared for entry. Have a good day. Larry. 12th floor. 13th floor. 14th floor. 
15th floor. For nearly four years, I have worked three feet from Charles. He sits to my left, in our triangle-shaped work pod. Like me, he prepares fiscal projections, detailed reports with lots of numerical analysis. He works with the international divisions, while I work, primarily with the domestic one. Otherwise, our assignments are pretty similar. I already shared about the comic book incident, the one which led to the memorandum. Otherwise, he is an excellent worker, never missing any deadlines. In every way, a very professional analyst. Like me, or like I used to be, he works quietly without a lot of extraneous conversations. We work so physically close. And yet, I know almost nothing about him. He has some tattoos, that he hides under his dress shirt. Once or twice, I believe that I smelled a whiff of marijuana, after he has been on a break. I know he is now divorced and has a son who lives with his mother. Several times a year, Charles leaves work early to pick his son up at the airport. Charles represents vast swaths of the unknown. While we are neighbors, we are really strangers. Saturday morning during the television newscast, I was ripped from the self of Senora Guadalupe Valenzuela. I remember seeing the Easy Ed sign, hearing Lupe scream, and then being overwhelmed by the blackness. As I said, it was Saturday morning. Then, it was Wednesday. I don't know what happened in between. It was Wednesday. I was at my workstation, hunched over. Doing work? I don't know. I startled everyone around me when, suddenly, I stood straight up, and yelled, no. <coughs> I was Larry again, not Lupe. I felt an intense and overwhelming pain, not just in one place. It radiated throughout my whole body. I was surprised that it was Charles, who responded first. He showed a genuine concern. He reached over and gently touched my arm. Hey, man? Let's head down to the break room. I think, you need to get away. I followed Charles down the stairs to the 16th floor. He picked a booth in the far corner. Not completely private, but away from our workstation. As I followed him I remembered that I had once heard an odd piece of office gossip about Charles. It seems that, for a while a couple of years ago, Doreen dated Charles. Yes, that Doreen. She told one of her woman friends. I broke it off, because he was just too weird. 
I'm pretty weird, but he is far weirder than me. I mean like, on another planet weird. We, respect each other's weirdness, but the two, they, just don't mix together. For a very brief moment, I tried to conjure a mental image of Doreen and Charles together in their full weirdness. But no clear image came to my mind. Speak of Doreen. There she was. Joining Charles and me in the break room. She seems to appear from out of nowhere. Before I even had time to sit down on one of the benches, Doreen asked. Hey, Larry. Did you make another jump? Your jump? I sense a paranormal experience, maybe a self-out-of-the-body event. I started to relate what had been happening to me, but Doreen shushed us and said we should talk somewhere more private. So, we all badged out together, leaving poor John in a quandary about how to finish his fiscal reports. Doreen drove us to her cute little apartment overlooking the river. To my surprise, it was not as weird as I had imagined. Some large paintings of forest spirits, elves, and fairies, and a low table, made entirely from a single tree trunk. Otherwise, it was a perfectly normal woman's apartment. As Charles entered the apartment, he made a comment that no one really heard. Her place seems a bit eclectic. Collecting odd assortments has always been one of Doreen's essential characteristics. Larry, some things might seem strange to you. Just remember I am a spiritual being in training. Nothing here to harm you. I didn't know what she meant. I thought that maybe it had something to do with druids and forest spirits. I had seen the Lord of the Rings six or seven times. Or, maybe, like the witches in Shakespeare's Macbeth. But I didn't know. I was going to ask her for a more detailed description, but Charles was ready to work on the task that had brought us here. She made us one of her special teas, and I continued with my story. Ever so often, Charles would interrupt, to clarify a point, but he continued to listen with intense interest. Larry. Even though you and I work in extremely close proximity, I don't think you know much about me. My avocation is writing, and drawing comic books, or, as the publishing trade now says, graphic novels. My specialties are stories about parapsychology and paranormal experiences. I don't create fiction. Instead, I research events, events that have actually occurred, and then produce my own graphical works from them. As he spoke, I recalled seeing him reading a comic book at his workstation and I remembered the memo from the powers that be, forbidding it. I wondered if he was reading one of his own creations. Charles seemed to understand my flash of memory. He nodded and continued. Over the years, I have gathered thousands of stories. I think that you have been experiencing self-transference. Your self leaves you, and moves to another. What is really interesting, is that you seem to glide, into the other person, but then must jump, back. Jump, back into your original self. You've used the word jump. However, I think that's a wrong descriptor. You're not taking an action willingly. It's not like you would jump off the high diving platform. You know, bend your knees, then three, two, one jump. That's not what you're describing. It seems more like an explosion, like you're being blown back, bang, exploding back into your previous self. Doreen, this is really an excellent tea. 
Did you blend it yourself? Very fresh. Very earthy. Maybe a little secret sauce, eh? As I was explaining, Larry, you explode back, into your original self. That, I believe, is why you feel so crappy afterward. You have been blasted back. There was no 3, 2, 1 now jump. You glide into the other because you are invited, you're welcomed. There is something about yourself that attracts you to them. You are a friend, a companion, an intimate. You spend some time with them, coming to know them, experiencing their experiences. Then, something murky happens. It is extremely dark and enormously powerful. When you get too close to it, you are blasted back into being Larry. So, you glide in, but are blasted back. Going in, the trip is easy, and enjoyable. However, your return. Well, I don't have to tell you about your returns. You've experienced them. Unfortunately, yes. It feels like being ground through a meat grinder or maybe a better metaphor is getting pummeled by a tornado. You blast back, but you don't come back just as you were before. Your new, very intimate friend, gives you very special presents, gifts. But they aren't Christmas or birthday gifts. They are presents that change who you are, presents, gifts, that amplify you, presents that make you more complete. In a few days, you'll discover what gifts your newest friend, Mrs. Guadalupe Valenzuela, has given you. Because of them, you'll be changed, amplified, extended, and more complete. Time it happens, Larry, I want you to hang on just a bit longer. The blast will be fierce. You'll want to let go. It'll be like a fiery hurricane. Cutting into you. Ripping into you. This thing, this force, will drain your strength. It will deplete you. You'll believe that you can't hold on any longer. But you must, must grab the will to hang on. If you can make it, just a bit longer, you can see the face of this dark, and powerful entity. We'll know what it is. I sat in silence. Absorbing what Charles was telling me.
Charles was right. In a couple of days, I found, the special surprises that the senora had gifted to me. First, I was looking at some YouTube videos and found myself drawn to performances of rancheria music. I found that even when I did not understand all the words, I understood the emotions that were woven into the music. I noticed that there were distinct regional styles. I noted that the music had its traditionalists and modernists, and some themes were common and others rarer. I realized how complex and beautiful the music was. Instead of old movies, I now watch and listen to the Mexican musical classics from the 1930s and 1940s. Lupe also gifted me with her recipes and techniques for traditional Mexican cooking. I found myself making dishes I had never heard of and loving what I have created. I cooked some carnitas for my basketball buddies and everything was gone in minutes. And, speaking of carnitas, Corky. My dog is my best friend again. He too loves my carnitas. The strangest gift that Senora Valenzuela gave me was a connection to religion. I did not tell Doreen or Charles, but I joined a church. It is not a traditional church, it meets in a coffee shop restaurant. Nobody dresses up, they just come as they are. People come and go as they please. The sermons, they call them talks, are on the large TV screens, and they have lots of graphics. You know, like you see in video games. Still, we do have common prayer time, and a house band that plays contemporary music. Then, there's another gift. I don't know whether I should even mention it. It seems embarrassing. But, I've begun to wonder what my life would be like if I had children. I know that I am not ready, but I still think about what it. What it might be like. Maybe Lupe gave me a gift that I'm not sure I want. Palooza Springs Audio Theatre is a creative collaboration whose purpose is to write, produce, and share original story content through webcast radio experiences.